Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Joining me today is Dan Wren, the National Director of Government Affairs in the D.C. office, and Craig Lashak, a Director of Conservation Programs here in Memphis. Uh, today we're going to talk about NACA, and NACA, we'll just go ahead and add this up to our alphabet soup of information. It is the North American Wetlands Conservation Act. But first, let's get started with Dan. And Dan, can you go ahead and introduce yourself, kind of tell people what you do and what the what the D.C. office does? D.U. has an office uh, pretty much located on Capitol Hill. Uh, we're right across the street, uh, actually from the Capitol, and um, D.U., is one of the first conservation organizations actually that really had a strong presence in Washington, D.C. Um, DU leaders early on realized that federal policy was going to be very critical to the uh, long-term uh, conservation of uh, the necessary wetlands and uplands and associated habitats to sustain ducks and duck hunting. So my primary responsibility is to monitor and affect public policies and federal policies that impact how the government um, partners with groups like DU to make sure that we have sufficient habitat um, uh, to maintain populations of waterfowl, um, you know, into you know for the next generation. Our office right now um, there are uh, four full-time staff. And, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're a pretty tight group and we do a lot of uh, communicating with members of Congress, with the administration, um, always making sure that we let them know that there is a very organized, passionate, vocal uh, group of conservationists behind us. And, you know, that's who give, who gives us our basic uh, marching orders on, on what we do in Washington, D.C., very cool. Thanks, Dan. That's a, that was a really good overview. And that's one thing that we talk about a lot is our policy work, that things can change as far as conservation and hunting, basically with the stroke of a pen. And, and having you guys out there to monitor that, stay abreast of all these situations is fantastic. Um, we'll, we'll move on into NACA because NACA really falls into that policy world. And I'm sure um, you guys are, are very aware and very in tune with everything. But We've got Craig on here. Craig Lashak is going to explain what NACA is and what NACA does and how DU is involved with the North American Wetlands Conservation Act. NACA, or North American Wetlands Conservation Act, um, was enacted in 1989. Um, its main purpose back then was in support to provide a funding mechanism for the North American Waterfowl Management Plan. That plan was... Uh, signed by the U.S. and Canada and Mexico, and basically it outlined population objectives and habitat objectives for waterfowl, but it did not have any funding behind the plan. Which is important. Exactly. In order to put habitat on the ground, you had NACA implemented in 1989, and it was the funding mechanism in order to put waterfowl habitat on the ground. Fast forward 30 years, that has uh, evolved over time. And NACA now is focused beyond waterfowl. Um, waterfowl is still an important component, but it looks at all migratory birds now. 
Um, and, and that sort of goes hand in hand with the work that Ducks Unlimited does is it, it benefits far more than just ducks. We may focus on it from a waterfowl species and it's important, but as I always say, there's no signs on these projects that say, you know, no other birds allowed except ducks. And, uh, and certainly a lot of projects, they may only be used seasonally with waterfowl. Uh, and yet still year round, they provide important habitat for, you know, 900 plus species of, of wildlife, including, uh, you know, many hundreds of migratory bird species. So, um, no, absolutely. I mean, that that's absolutely correct. And another thing that we stress is this benefits everyone. Um, Dan, one thing, you know, he mentioned the 1989, and I, you and I have talked um, off off uh, the podcast many times about the fact that you were kind of on the ground, at ground level in the policy world when NACA came through. Can you kind of explain how that whole, you know, the history of NACA from a policy perspective? Uh, sure, Chris. Um I'm kind of dating myself now because that puts me back, uh, let's see, it would have been the uh, summer of my junior year in college. I came down uh, to D.C. from Connecticut for a, a summer internship. Did you ride um, a horse and buggy? or? I, <laughs> no, we walked. They, didn't, oh, okay. they hadn't invented the wheel yet. Um, <laughs> so I came down for that summer, and um, uh it was just such an eye-opening experience. Um, you know, I grew up hunting and fishing back home, but never really, you know, understood um, how groups like DU, uh, Pheasants Forever, National Wild Turkey Federation, all of these groups were, were just sort of on the, the, the front end. And, and DU actually had at that point uh, started to build a small professional office in DC and really started to understand that hunting and fishing and the habitat necessary to carry it out, um, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. And so going back to, say, 93, 94, um, I don't have my spreadsheets in front of me, but, you know, you're looking at, at, at us, DU, our volunteers, our members, um, going up to Capitol Hill and encouraging members of Congress to support funding NACA back then at probably, I would say, three and a half million dollars, five million dollars, somewhere in that range, um, which back then that was a lot of money because one of the key features of NACA is that it requires um, uh, the federal money to be matched. And so you have this this program that if we get appropriated five million dollars, that's not that that's not all the money that's going to impact impact projects for that year. It's going to be tripled. Um, typically, that's that's you know a three to one match is what we get. Um, fast forward to now, so you know back then it was five million dollars a year. Um, fast forward to now, and we're you know hovering in the low forty two to you know forty four million dollars a year. That number's gone up and down a little bit, but uh, when you look at the impact of that over the last 30 years, you're looking at close to 30 million acres of, of migratory bird, uh, waterfowl habitat on the ground, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and you kind of hinted on, you know, this matching and how, you know, the, the federal money has to be matched. And, and Craig, can you kind of elaborate on that once? 
elaborate on how the NACA grant process works. Sure. You know, we've got sure. Dan talking about, you know, hey, let's, and even last week or, or a couple weeks ago, we had, you know, a call to action to contact your, you know, um, your congressman to pass NACA. So we've seen the, seen the policy side, but from your perspective, let's kind of discuss how NACA goes from policy to getting a check to Habitat on the sure. ground. Well, you know, and, and I can reflect on, you know, I've been involved with NACA for the past 25 years, so almost all of its existence professionally, um, having managed waterfowl habitat on the ground that was that was paid for with NACA dollars, to writing NACA grants, you know, with Ducks Unlimited, to implementing habitat on the ground paid with NACA, to now, you know, my role uh, as as a Ducks Unlimited representative on the uh, on the NACA Council. St- as a staff person that scores and ranks these NACA proposals. So mm-hmm. I've sort of run the whole gamut with the, with the program. But it all is rooted in partnerships. And Dan mentioned the match, mm-hmm. that it requires a minimum of one-to-one match. So for every dollar you ask for from the federal government, you have to provide at least a dollar of non-federal Origin. Yeah, and those can come from any source. Other than the federal government, okay. right? And um, and that's the minimum, but your score goes up um, as you as you give more up into two to one. So you get maximum points for giving at least two dollars of non federal match mm-hmm. for one dollar of, of NACA money. And that's what makes the partner so important. And and so this this money's Absolutely. coming from partners, you know, private donors Absolutely. and then even DU money, yep. you state, know, state, state okay. agencies. And the, the, whole, the whole NACA process focuses on the importance of the biology um, when you're scoring them and the partnership aspect of it. That's a key component. And not only the match that you're bringing, but how many total partners you have involved. What are the origin of those partnerships? Are they state, federal, private, corporate you get you get points for all sorts of different partnership categories so and and how you're leveraging those dollars is very important and so it's not just based solely on hey is this good waterfowl habitat mm-hmm. it's it's based on how important is it the ducks but also how many partners are you bringing to the table and and that that's an important part for ducks unlimited as someone that is the grantee on a lot of NACA grants um Yet we don't do it alone because we, you know, we don't have enough resources, and and if you're a single partner, you don't get as many points. Yeah. So we have to work with all these other entities to put the habitat on the ground, um, and it's it's an incredible process of building those. You you know, I've been on many an end trying to build a NACA proposal, and you have to go out. And you have to pull your partners together and say, okay, let's focus. Where are, the, where are some key wetland restoration projects needed? What about match? Who has money to, to, or other projects to contribute to this that we can use as match? And then let's get this proposal together. And then once we get the dollars, well, we got to go out on the ground and, and build it and, and put the money on the ground and, and get all the partners involved in that. And then when it's all wrapped up, we can celebrate another successful you know, knock a grant, and we do this over and over again. And partners come to us because they trust us that we're able to 
to leverage their dollars with NACA dollars in the, in the best way possible, and that the habitat we put on the ground is, you know, second to none. Yeah. Who are some of these partners that, that you're working with? So a lot of times we work with state agencies, so all the state fish and wildlife agencies, uh, you know, depending on what state you're in, what it may be, but they are a key partner. We work with other uh, conservation groups like National Wild Turkey Federation, uh, Pheasants Forever, California Waterfowl Association. We, we, we run the gamut on other NGOs that we work with. Um, and then private landowners. We work a lot with private mm-hmm. landowners where, you know, the private landowners have skin in the game because they're giving, they're giving match in order to get those dollars to put programs on their, on their property. We Absolutely. Have a, you know, one example is in Texas. We have the Texas Prairie Wetlands Project where we cost share habitat conservation with private landowners. Mm-hmm. And, and on average, um, you know, they put in 35 to 40% of the total costs of a project are out of the landowner's pocket. Wow, that's impressive. And, you know, impressive. Ducks Unlimited and its partners through NACA grants and other sources put in the other 65%. But, yeah. but they have skin in the game for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, talking about skin in the game, Dan kind of alluded to this briefly, but talking about Ducks Unlimited member supporters um, – going up to D.C. and meeting with their elected officials. And, Dan, can you kind of um, walk the audience through? Because they may be unaware of the fact that we do these D.C. fly-ins where we bring our members to D.C. to their senator's office or their congressman and walk them through and, and let them meet their elected officials and sit down and discuss not only NACA but, but several other you know policy issues and, and kind of walk Walk the audience through that process of, of how you, you guys facilitate this these DC fly-ins. Sure. So one of the you know best ways to impact the decisions that your member of Congress uh, or senator um, are going to make on on things like NACA funding or farm bill conservation programs is to actually take time out of your busy schedule and and and, and we know from DU volunteers they they do they do that a lot. But every year we, we, we do call on some of our, our volunteers, uh, state chairs, state policy chairs, to come to D.C. and spend two to three days with the, with the policy staff. And we go up and we meet with your senators and your representatives uh, face-to-face um, um, and really explain to them the importance of not just NACA and NACA funding, but how important DU is to them personally, what DU means. And it, it, when people see the passion that DU volunteers have when they talk about DU, as a member of Congress or a staffer, you're going to see that and you're going to want to be part of that. Even if you've never pulled the trigger in a marsh, um, even if you didn't grow up uh, uh, hunting or fishing, you see that passion and that dedication that these folks have. And it, it really helps to um, promote those conservation uh, values that, that, you know, we sometimes take for granted, but we certainly are devoted to. And so, you know, if folks are interested in coming to DC, um, you know, we'd love to have them. Uh, we, we, routinely have at least one fly in a year. Um, but you know, you don't have to come to DC to do this. That's the other, um, important point to make. You can do it back in your home States and you can visit your members of Congress and your senators when they're back home, 
uh, uh, you know, on congressional recesses from D.C. There are a lot of ways to impact the decisions that they're going to make that will have a direct impact on wetland and waterfowl resources. Each year, DU volunteers and staff hold more than 4,000 fundraising events across the country. By simply attending a local Ducks Unlimited event, you can have a great time while helping DU fill the sky with waterfowl for future generations. To find an event in your area, visit www.ducks.org events. You know, it's December 5th. Um, NACA has passed the House. What is the kind of call to action right now for DU members if you know, they want to pick up the phone and, and call their elected official regarding NACA. You know, what are you explaining to our supporters to kind of reach out to their elected officials about and, and in which manner? So as most folks are abundantly aware, uh, the state of politics is a little uh, chaotic and mercurial. And what we try and do is cut through the politics of all that and and continue to advocate on behalf of the programs and the policies that are best for, for, for waterfowl, ducks, and duck hunting. Right now, um, we've actually got some good momentum going. Two weeks ago, the House of Representatives passed our NACA reauthorization bill. Um, we were very excited about that. Um, it, it really got a good, strong, you know, bipartisan uh, support. And so now we are turned towards the Senate, and we have a, a great bill right now, S-261. It is the companion legislation that they just passed in the House. So it's, it's the same bill only introduced on the Senate side. We've already got 40 bipartisan co-sponsors on it in the Senate. So we're almost at it, it. When you get a bill and you get 50 or more co-sponsors on it, you're getting really close to getting the attention of of Senate leadership. And folks start to look at it and go, wait, why am I not on that bill? If it can get 50 co-sponsors, I think I want to be a part of it. Who are some of the key players in that, Dan? You know, it, it's it's hard to say at different times, different members of Congress are the key player. I would say right now, um, um, you know, one of the key players in the in the Senate would be Senator Barrasso from Wyoming. He is the chair of the committee that NACA is going to have to go through. Um and and so a lot of the decisions on how it will play out in the Senate will go through, you know, his staff and how they handle it. Um, uh, obviously, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, um, who we were just had a dedication for uh, a new National Wildlife Refuge in Kentucky. He's a he's a TU supporter. He knows us well, um, as does Senator Barrasso. Um, Senator Thune from South Dakota is part of the leadership. Um, you know he's he's a, a a huge DU supporter. Has 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 done yeoman's work on conservation, uh, especially as it it relates to agriculture. So we've got a lot of key allies over there. And you know if I were to you know the first thing to say is that thank you to all the members of DU um, and volunteers who 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 donate their time and treasure to our events and to their committees you're already supporting our work here in Washington, D.C. And oftentimes that doesn't get said enough and clearly enough. You're already supporting us. Thank you so much. Um, and, and these successes that we have with NACA, 30 million acres on the ground, you're already part of that. 
if I were to ask for a little bit more, another five minutes, I'd say go on our website and look and see if your United States senator has already co-sponsored S-261 in the Senate. And we have that list. We have that list available at ducks.org slash NACA. So, yeah, that's what Dan's referencing there. You can look and see um, which one of your elected officials is, is actively engaged. And if you notice that your senator is not on there, you can click another button and it will take you to a page that will let you communicate directly with that senator's office. Um, it's very simple. The message is, as a Ducks Unlimited member, I want you to support S-261. It's good for our state. It's good for our economy. It's good for our country. Those are the kind of messages that need to be delivered. Um, back when I was a younger buck doing this stuff, we used to write out four, five, six paragraphs. Um, that's not the way we do it anymore. It's, it's short and succinct. And if folks get tangled up in any of this, you can call our office in D.C., 202-347-1530, and we will you know, help any way we can to get you to make that communication. One of the things that it's important to highlight here is, despite what you see in the press and see in the media, the vast majority of members of Congress and senators, they want to do what's good and what their constituents want them to do. So you're actually helping them by telling them, hey, I like this. I want you to support this too. And, and it creates a good relationship between DU and that office that carries on into the future. Most of our biggest supporters that we work with on Capitol Hill um, are, are, are members of Congress or senators that we've worked with for decades. They know DU. They, they like how we work. They like how we operate. And so your ability back home to make that connection allows us to magnify your voice here in D.C. and make sure all those investments and policies that are good for, for ducks and duck hunting uh, stay in place. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Craig, one, one quick question. Yeah. You know, as, um, as Dan was kind of talking, I was thinking, you know, we've talked about partnering with state agencies and, and we have lists of, you know, state-by-state breakdowns of NACA grants that people can go and, and look at also at ducks.org slash NACA. But how do how does DU facilitate NACA grants internationally? Yeah. Like how does international how does that work? And and that's the important point when you when you know NACA, the first two words are North, North American. American. That's right. And so the dollars don't just stay in the U.S. They are allocated to Canada and Mexico. And you know the reason is obvious: migratory birds. You know they breed in Canada. They make their way through the United States, and some continue on down into Mexico for for the wintering period. And so it's important that we put habitat in all three continents for birds to ensure that they have sufficient, you know, feeding areas and resting areas and breeding areas uh, throughout their whole life cycle. And so Ducks Unlimited actually works with state agencies to send money up to Canada to be used as match on NACA grants that, that go to to for work in Canada. And, and a lot of those go to Ducks Unlimited Canada. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to take a state contribution that comes to us, we match it dollar for dollar, and we send that money up to Canada, and they use that money as non-federal match for NACA grants that they uh, put together. So it's quite a, you know, it's, it's really a neat mechanism we have in place. And the states are the ones who develop this program because they realize the importance of where their birds come from. Mm -hmm. 
And as a result, and, and the need for non-federal match in NACA and the fact that obviously Canada has a smaller population of people and, and, and less ability from a support, and yet waterfowl hunters here in the U.S. benefit from the habitat work that is done in Canada. Absolutely. And every U.S. hunter benefits from the NACA work throughout Canada. And so the dollars that state agencies send and we match and send up there are, you know, so critical to the habitat work that we do uh, in Canada. Very cool. And so that's a great example of, of the North American component of the North American Wetlands Conservation Act. Absolutely. That's great. And I think we just uh, crossed off yet another acronym that we all so freely uh, discuss and, and kind of crossed it off to explain to our audience the North American Wetlands Conservation Act. We could do probably 10 more podcasts on these. Sure. Um, Dan, we could probably do 10 more with you. Um, and but this one, this one's very cool, just with the fact that you know people are getting to hear both sides of this. You hear the on the ground side, how NACA is implemented, but you're also hearing from Dan in the DC office, and they're explaining the importance of you know getting this off the ground. I mean, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, just a simple stroke of the pen from the policy side, and this could go away, or it could double. Right. You know, and, and so that's what we try and stress to people. And, and Dan, appreciate your efforts out there for sure. And, and, and thanks for joining us today. We'll probably have you back on here sometime very soon. My pleasure. I'd like to give a thanks to our National Director of Government Affairs, Dan Wren, for joining us and bringing everyone up to speed on Ducks Unlimited's policy efforts and uh, the D.C. office. I'd also like to thank our Director of Conservation Operations here in Memphis, Craig Lashak. The show offered great examples of how DU's policy work in D.C. and in the regions leads directly to habitat on the ground for waterfowl and other wildlife. For all of our motivated listeners out there who want to learn more about the North American Wetlands Conservation Act, or NACA, N-A-W-C-A, visit ducks.org slash NACA. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Ducks Unlimited podcast and for supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks.